Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Stephanie Shepard, the actor, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, and television personality based in Los Angeles, California. Steph first came into the limelight as Kim Kardashian's assistant and rose to become the chief operating officer of Kardashian West Brands. She now serves as the chief impact officer of PLUS, a biodegradable body wash brand, and co-founded Future Earth, a climate education platform. In partnership with Sniff, Steph has launched her own fragrance. It's genderless, housed in 100% compostable packaging, and named Suganami as an homage to her Japanese last name. In this episode, Steph sits down with Marianne Machaskiu, who runs communications at Scentbird. She takes us back to early scent memories growing up in Ohio, why she has always been very specific about fragrance, and how she breaks norms in style and scent. Blend luxury and sustainability with Stephanie Shepard on Scent World. You've had such an inspiring career path, and it's been really awesome just seeing you grow and blossom. You started out as Kim Kardashian's assistant and mm-hmm. grew to be the COO of the Kardashian West Brands. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and what that journey was like for you? Yeah. Um, I started working for Kim in my early 20s, and I think it was just such the right opportunity for me because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And she is such a multifaceted entrepreneur in the entertainment business. So it was really incredible to get to learn from her um, in so many different, you know, avenues in this business. And um, I worked for her for almost five years. And I mean, I always say it's kind of like my, you know, my master's degree in the entertainment business. So yeah. Were there any moments where you were like, oh my gosh, like pinch me. Is this actually happening right now that stick out to you? (laughs) Um, I think Probably, I mean, definitely, yeah, for sure. We got to do so many incredible things. You know, I've traveled the world. I've gotten to meet, you know, incredible people who are at the top of their craft and their field, which is like such an honor, you know, getting to see Carl Lagerfeld and take a picture of them together, like just was cool to me, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm a girl from a small town in Ohio. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even <laughs> know designers, you know, before being introduced to this whole new world um, through her. So, yeah, God, I had so many of those moments for sure. I mean, I still have those moments. I mean, it sounded like a wild ride, but what do you think is maybe one thing or one of the most impactful things you've learned from that experience? Um, I definitely think just a strong work ethic. I think my mom instilled that in me from a very young age. You know, she was a single mother and, um, she, we come from a working class family, like low middle class, you know, and she's worked her whole life. She worked her whole life in a factory in General Motors in Ohio. So that was just kind of innately in my DNA. And then getting to work for 
you know, another strong female entrepreneur whose work ethic is literally unmatched by anyone I know, mm-hmm. any man, any female, any person, any, any being on this planet. <laughs> it's she has the work ethic. Uh, it's, it's incredibly inspiring and motivating. And um, every time I'm around her in her orbit or, or, you know, in her space or watching her work, I feel like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go get to work. I got right. I have more I need to do. You know, there's, we've got the same amount of hours in the day. So I think it's just that work ethic and really putting in the perseverance, the time. And she's relentless. She just yeah. does not stop. She, it doesn't matter, you know, how much she does. She just is hungry for more. And I think that's really, really inspiring. Absolutely. And it's so cool to be around people like that who inspire yeah. you in that way. And you were there for five years. And for me personally, as like a fan of yours, I feel like it's been cool to see once you decided to make make your own path. Like, can you talk a little bit about that and what that must have felt like to go on your own? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of naturally happened to be that, you know, we parted ways and it just, I was so nervous, but really excited. Yeah. Um, for the possibility of what I could do, you know, I wasn't quite sure which way I was going to go or what direction I was going to go. But I think that there was a real freedom and excitement in that. And knowing that, you know, you know, my future was in my own hands and I could kind of do with it what I wanted. It was definitely nerve wracking, but there is definitely an excitement um, that comes from that kind of freedom. Definitely. We'll take it back a little bit. I'd love to go back in time and get to know about you and how growing up in Ohio and about your childhood even better. Yeah. What was your relationship like with Scent back then? Um, well, I think as a, as a, a young person um, and a young woman, it was kind of exciting to play and get to try new scents. It kind of was one of those things that made you feel like a woman for me um, to get to pick my own scent. Something about it was really cool. I remember getting to go to like Sears or something. No, it was like (laughs) JCPenney. JCPenney was the spot. JCPenney was where I got all my fragrances from um, at the Richland Mall and in Ontario, Ohio. And that's where I started exploring fragrance for the first time. Um, I'd always get like the box sets and stuff, like the holiday box sets. I remember like it was always a great gift. Oh my gosh. And you know what else actually before that even was Bath and Body Works. Oh, Bath and Body Works was it. Like all the cool girls had the hand sanitizers. Yep. Sun ripened raspberry realness. Yep. Yep. We And it's so funny because I distinctly remember, and we still talk about this to this day, my girlfriends, we each had our own like distinct scent and like that's the kind of girly that you were. And like I feel like I... I always got Juniper Breeze and I didn't want to be Juniper Breeze because <laughs> I feel like it's like a little type A Juniper Breeze and I that's definitely who I am. And I like so desperately wanted to be like, God, what was that? It was like the purple one. It was like Moonlight or Moonlit Path or something. Something like yeah. that. There was like a purple <laughs> one that felt very sensual and it's just like I wasn't there yet to be cool enough to wear the purple one. And then my best friend Jackie was always um, Sweet Pea. Yes. Because she was just like the baby doll, like sweetest pie one. And I think I would get fucking juniper breeze <laughs> and cucumber melon. My mom liked cucumber melon. So we had like those hand soaps. And I distinctly remember like that was where you got your Christmas presents or your birthday presents. And we would all go in with our money and like 
okay, what are we going to buy? And my mom was probably like, God, why is she buying me so much Bath and Body Works every <laughs> Christmas? Like we have enough. But it was like all I could afford. And it, it was still like really, I thought it was really nice, That's you cool. know? So definitely that was like my first introduction into fragrance, like the body splash of it all. Not even like a proper perfume or fragrance. It was a body splash. And then and then we kind of like worked our way into the Victoria's Secret world. Oh, yes. And I just never got there though. Like I wanted to be that girl, but I just, I don't know. I just like wasn't cool enough to like ever, but we would always go in and like smell all of them. And it was just like so sexy and there was all these lingerie and like, it just was like cool to go in and smell all the smells, but I was still a fucking juniper breeze. Look, I mean, people hate on juniper breeze, but I personally loved it growing up I too. mean, I, I don't like- know why. I didn't want to be juniper breeze, but <laughs> I was and it's fine. I accept it. I totally accept it. Um, but yeah, God, I have such great memories of that. That was a huge part of my adolescence was going to that mall and, you know, getting to spend our money on whatever we wanted. And we always chose Bath and Body Works. Yeah, Bath and Body Works was it. And you said that you had a charmed childhood. Can you talk a little I bit did. more about that? I did. My mom um, went to extreme lengths to make sure that I had a very charmed childhood because she had a very, very difficult one. And so I think that was something for her that was the most important, you know, just constantly being showered with love and support. And, you know, she didn't have a lot growing up. Her, uh, her family was really poor and she, you know, suffered through a lot of abuse. And I think, you know, her life's mission was to kind of write that and, and to give me something that was the complete opposite. And she did in every ounce of the way, you know, we went to Disney World, even though we probably couldn't afford it every summer you know, breakfast with the princesses at the magic (laughs) castle, whatever, like very charmed. Like I never, I never knew if we couldn't afford it because she'd figure out a way to work another shift or, you know, whatever, always was able to pay for my dance classes. I always, you know, got to participate in extracurriculars and we always had a home cooked meal for dinner. And, um, there was never, you know, never any lacking of, of affection and, and love and fun and laughter and, and I feel very, very lucky to have grown up yeah. uh, that way. She sounds like such an amazing person. Yeah. Do you have any, I mean, I know you recently lost her and I just want to acknowledge, I'm so sorry about that. Thank I you. can't even imagine how you must be feeling. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and talking about her. Do you feel comfortable talking a little about how she helped you connect with scent or your expression or just yeah. anything that comes to mind? I mean, she always had a signature scent. It was... Well, one I very early on remember was like the scent of hairspray. (laughs) And like that was very distinct to me. And getting to use hairspray as a young kid was like exciting. Yeah. And it was like the one in the green like can. Was it Aquanet? No, it wasn't wasn't Aquanet. It was like, it was a green and purple. I couldn't even remember. And it would just light up the bathroom. I mean, it was just a bomb went off in there. Like you couldn't even see. And then uh, her her scent that she always wore was Aqua de Jo. Such a good one. Yeah. And then there also was cool water. I don't who I don't know who Davidoff, cool right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, like the blue, the teal. Yes. That is so different for me too. Yeah. Those were always in the bathroom, but it was always Aqua de Jo. And that, that scent really takes me back and and reminds me of her. But I think you know, she just more than anything always gave me the freedom to like express myself and the the freedom to try new things and and to 
spend all my money at Victoria's Secret or wherever if I wanted to. So I think just being as a kid, being given that freedom to express yourself, you know, in whichever way, artistically, through fragrance, through makeup, through clothes was, um, was a great, a great way to grow up. Definitely. And you express yourself so beautifully now through style and fragrance. And yeah, she's really, she's made her mark and really encouraged you. And I can definitely see that. Yeah. Thank you. Experience a luxurious scent with an eco-conscious eye that seamlessly balances softness and strength. We're about to indulge in Suganami, Steph's modern, genderless fragrance created in collaboration with Sneff. So it, I know it smells amazing, creamy and smooth. I'd love to hear in your own words, like how you describe it. You know, I never realized how difficult it was to explain a fragrance until I had to sell a fragrance. Right. <laughs> like in words to, to describe a fragrance is really difficult, especially because I truly feel that we've made such a unique fragrance that it doesn't just have like a floral, you know, body or whatever. You know, it's there's so many different layers to this fragrance. And it was such a cool experience to kind of learn um, how to make a fragrance, yeah. you know? Um, and I've, I've learned so much from the Sniff team. I actually, my first experience with creating fragrance was, was with Kim when we did her KKW fragrances. And so that to me, product development has always been something that has been so fun and that I've really enjoyed. So getting to do that with her team and kind of learning about the the industry and learning about the different notes and like where, you know, when you live in it versus when you spray it on paper versus when you spray it in the air versus when you spray it on your skin and, and how everybody's, you know, body reacts differently to the same fragrance is really interesting. But um, this fragrance in particular, it has like, it has a, it has its own journey. There's a story <laughs> within this fragrance from it's, it's here. I'm going to try and explain it. Shit. Okay. It's, um, I'd say it's peppery. Okay. It has very, very light like rose floral, but not in like the typical way that you would expect a floral. It's a little bit more powdery. It's a little bit more woodsy. Um, I wouldn't say it's musky because I don't particularly care for musk, but there is a little bit of powder that you that you smell. It kind of starts in a particular way, spraying it on, it's a little peppery, then you live in it, it gets a little powdery, then you live in it a little more and it kind of changes over time. And that's my favorite part about fragrance is like how your jacket smells the next day yes. or like the person you love, like having their jacket or their sweater and smelling their scent the next day. That's kind of my favorite part about fragrance. Um, and so I really wanted to tell, to, I really wanted this fragrance to have a life like that. And it absolutely does. And it smells so differently on so many different people, but I can always pick up. I'm like, oh, you're wearing my fragrance. Like, how cool. <laughs> I love it. You smell like me kind of. <laughs> Who are you when you put it on? Um, like, what does it bring out of you? I, that's a really good question. I feel like myself. I feel really comfortable and confident. I feel, like I said, I'm really proud of this fragrance. I worked really hard on it. I worked really you know, diligently with the team to make it something that we could be proud of and that was unique. And when I put it on, I feel like 
accomplished because to be able to have the opportunity to even create a fragrance with a company like Sniff and to put something out into the world that people can wear and 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 live in and have their own story and their own relationship with it, I think is just an incredible opportunity. And I'm very lucky to get to do that. Yeah. And it's such a personal fragrance for you. Like I love that it is your Japanese last name. Yeah, it is my Japanese last name. I've been wanting to, you know, use my Japanese last name and, and really shine light on my heritage in some type of project that didn't feel flippant or, you know, vapid. And, and this just feels like it is my namesake. It is me. It's what I smell like. It's what I wear every day. And so it kind of just felt right to, to name it after my, my surname. Definitely. Definitely. And I love how it is in a way unisex. Like yeah. it's not overly one way or another, which I mean, I feel like most scents are, if you think about it, it's a smell, you can wear yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. But I like how that also kind of taps into your personal style as well. I know you kind of mix menswear silhouettes. Yeah, I love with, yes. I always gravitate towards menswear. And I think when Sniff and I were having these initial conversations, it really actually, I had to take a moment of pause because I was like, this is so bizarre that whoever these fragrance marketing people are in the world are telling an entire population that these are the scents that are designated for women. Right. These are the, these are the scents that men wear. It's like, what an antiquated way of thinking, especially in 2022. Like, if men want to wear a fucking gardenia, go for it. Exactly. Like, why does that always, why, why are women always floral, always fruity? Mm -hmm. It's just, I just, I didn't even, and I didn't even think about it because you're just, it's this habit. It's this way of life. It's what we know. This is what has always been served to us. And I kind of was like, I don't want to subscribe to that. And I don't subscribe to that in my life. Like, I, like you said, I love menswear. I, I think anyone can wear whatever they want. And so we really wanted to make something that just like kind of was that middle line that, you know, would smell great on whatever gender you identify with. Which is so important. You just want to feel good and smell yeah. good and have that be like the final piece of your outfit that totally. helps you take on the day when you close your eyes and imagine it. Who is the best smelling person that pops up in your head? Yeah. Kris Jenner. <gasps> Hands down. Oh my God. What's she smelling? Like? She smells like gardenia without fail every time. She's, and it's the perfect amount, you know, it's just light. It's rich, you know, it's like, she is the best smelling person I've ever smelled. Oh, I love that. Yeah. A Kris Jenner hug must be like iconic. Oh, <laughs> delightful. It's like a, it's like a bouquet of gardenia. Yes. <laughs> Are there any smells you hate in yeah, particular? Definitely. Oh my God. <laughs> my assistant Annalise knows this too. I'll be like, what are you wearing? Are you wearing any perfume? I'm so crazy about scents. Like, and I think from working with Environmental Working Group and like subbing out and switching out all of my kind of like synthetic fragrance stuff, I've become even more sensitive. So like candles, like I've switched out all my candles. I actually have a clean candle with Flamingo Estate. Um, and so because you don't even realize when you're burning candles, you know, what the wax is, what the fragrance is, what the wick is. There's, there's so much, you're literally polluting the air mm -hmm. in your own home. And so from switching out my candles now, I've become so sensitive to synthetic fragrance. So anytime someone's wearing, like if I get in an Uber or something and there's a, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm sick. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I don't know if there's like a specific fragrance that I hate. I'm not like a musky kind of person. I just don't like strong fragrance. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like when I hug someone 
and then I get their fragrance on my body and I go home and I'm like, why do I smell like this person? Like you're wearing too much fragrance. Like it's okay. Enough is enough. Couple spritz, you're good. Like stop transferring your fragrance to me. Like that's just like a little excessive. I I did not ask for this. (laughs) I hate that. Like have you ever had that? You hug someone and then you're like, oh my God, like why do I smell like them? I'm so, so sensitive to fragrance. There are certain candles I don't like. There's like, I don't, I don't like like a, a sage, Mm. like sagey, like rosemary kind of thing. Um, I do, I do like unique weird scents for like home and stuff. Like we have like a Roma tomato, Roma tomato candle that I love. And the candle I have with at Flamingo Estate is to die for. (laughs) You're gonna love it. It's like this minty, delicious, weird, unique fragrance that is, it's incredible. Um, I don't like anything too floral that like makes me sneeze. Mm. Um, I just, and I, I'm always like, can you please just not wear fragrance around me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the worst. I'm the worst. And I, but I, I, yeah, I, God, there's so many fragrances that I hate. I could literally go on and on. I'm just very like sensitive to yeah. s- to sense, you know, when and especially like I don't know, once you've been working in it, I guess maybe you're just like a little more hyper aware of what everyone smells like, but I will say that I do have a really good nose and if I wasn't sick right now, I wish we could have done like a fragrance challenge because I can really like I'm like I know what that is. I know what that is. I know a person that wears that. Like I, the, my memory for fragrance is really strong, which I pride myself on. Um, so, yeah. Also, I feel you. Like there are people who have ruined fragrances for me. Right? Like after I had an ex boyfriend that wore the the Jean Paul Gaultier that is shaped like a yep, man. I'm like yep. I can't even smell it. A hundred, the Blue de Chanel or whatever the yeah. Men, get it away from me. <laughs> Get it away from me. It's my toxic ex-boyfriend that I really want to forget about. Like, get it away from me. And then there are other ones where you're like, oh, God, it takes me back. And it's like so amazing. And then some you're like, I vow to never smell that ever yeah. again. It's so crazy. that, And that's like the cool power of fragrance, which I like loved exploring, was how it can literally take you back to a certain time and place. Oh, God, Blue yeah. Nation. Ugh, never. <laughs> never. I can't. That's so funny. Which like objectively, it's a beautiful scent, but it's, it's a like scent, the but association like, that the I association. have with it. Oh, and the other thing when I was doing, when I was exploring the scent with Sniff, I was like, my, I realized that my life has been kind of, you know, chaptered by my fragrance. Like some girls cut their hair. Mm-hmm. I changed my fragrance. So okay. like my first relationship, I wore the J'adore Dior. Then my second relationship, I wore this like, random Burberry one that I had that I I don't even know what it is. And my other relationship, I wore this Hermes, the one in the circular bottle that's orange. It has like the little glittery parts. It's like French and I can't, yeah, it's I don't know Hermes, how to, I think. like Marveau's, oh. I don't know. I can't pronounce it. It's French. <laughs> and then, and then this relationship, now I'm wearing my scent and Hopefully that will be the scent for the rest of my life. Yes. <laughs> Until the next one. <laughs> Until the next one. That's so sad. I also love how you used your Japanese last name and paid homage to it in that way with your collaboration with Sniff. But you didn't go for traditional like Asian smelling scent. That's always yeah. a pet peeve of mine yeah. as like an Asian woman is when people are like, oh, this oriental scent. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, that phrase is antiquated. Yeah, Let's say never say that again. Totally. Well, and that's something that I also learned when I was doing um, 
when I was working with Kim and we were working at a whatever the big fragrance conglomerate, whatever, where we were at, and just learning so much about the marketing and development behind it as far as like, you know, the Middle East likes this type of scent, North America likes this type of scent, Europe likes this type of scent, Asia likes the more fruity and like, and I just thought that that was really interesting, like geographically, like sense, the preference mm-hmm. of sense was different. And I also don't subscribe to that either. You know, I, I like what I like and I want to wear what I want to wear. So yeah, I love that. We love to break down those. those breaking stereotypes. Yeah, that's right. So for people who want to be more authentic and expansive in their self-expression in a way that you have, what kind of advice could you share? (laughs) Um, I think, I think I would say reflection on your life and the choices you've made and the people around you. I think so often we're thinking about the next thing we're going to do or the next thing we want to accomplish or the place we're going to go or what we're going to buy. And I think for me, getting to know myself in moments of reflection on where I've been has helped me get to know who I am now in a way that, you know, I don't know. I think it's helped me to feel more confident where I am within with who I am. And that in itself kind of lends, you know, it lends itself to what you're saying, self-expansion and, and, and understanding oneself. So I definitely think taking those moments of pause and like reflecting on where you've come from and how far you've come. And I think, I think all of that. And just reflecting on the things that like, the things that you are doing now are things you may have manifested or prayed for before and just appreciating that instead of being like, what's the next thing I can do to level up? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So switching over to living a more sustainable life. Mm. I love how Future Earth's mission and I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that because it's all about sustainability. I know that's really, really close to your heart. Yeah. Uh, The idea behind Future Earth um, came about, I think it was 2018 or 2019. And I was really diving into like my climate education and really trying to understand and learn more about the climate crisis and what's going on. And you know, given that I have this kind of background in social media and that's kind of where I live and work, I wanted to then share what I was learning on my social media accounts, but I was really finding a disconnect between the information that I was learning about and an aesthetically digestible, you know, Instagram bite Mm -hmm. that I could share that people would engage with. And so I saw this kind of hole in the way that we were communicating about the climate crisis. So I kind of got connected with a couple friends, um, my co-founder Max Moynian and my co-founder Sydney Haas, and who's our graphic designer and design director. And we kind of just looked to bridge the gap. You know, I think we're this Instagram generation. We like our fun fonts and our flashy bite-sized bits of information that don't go over our head or things, calls to action that we can, you know, share. And I think we just wanted to speak to our friends, really. Right. Like, how can we communicate this to our friends in a way that they'll get, they'll care, they'll want to share on their pages? And that was really the basis of it. And we found that there's such a a thirst and a hunger for this type of information online and this online community that, you know, wants to learn more and wants to use their platforms to spread this kind of information, which is so cool. 
and uh, we've had a really great time, you know, learning more and and expanding and, you know, collaborating with different nonprofits. And, and there's been such a huge, you know, boom in the information now that we're getting on our feeds versus like kind of when Instagram started when we were just posting like pictures of our like meals. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> now you can filter. really learn. Like I learned, I can learn so much from the different, uh, you know, environmental advocacy, ad, advocacy groups that I follow on Instagram. So um, yeah, it's been really cool to be able to be a platform where we can share that kind of information. Absolutely. And it's like, we're so lucky to be living on a planet like this. It's so beautiful to be living here. And it's really just about starting that conversation, which yeah. I think you're doing through this medium. Yeah. That's what we say. Like, we just want to give people an entry point into the conversation. Cause I think for a lot of people, the idea of sustainability is, you know, not something that's in maybe in their, in their world or that they know how to talk about or research or it's it's a daunting thing it's it's a fucking climate crisis like mm -hmm. it's an existential crisis of humanity like it's hard thing to understand and grasp and like where do we begin and we really just want future earth to be an entry point for anybody no matter where you are on the spectrum of sustainability or you know your climate education just a place where you can come and learn and see how you know that might plant a seed in your life which might plant a seed in your community and it has that ripple effect so yeah, that's 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 our mission. Yeah, and especially when it comes to fashion and beauty and fragrance, I feel like there is a lot of overconsumption. I know you've been working a lot with the Environmental Working Group. Love them. And yeah, they sound amazing. Yeah. What is something that you wish people understood better or a change that you'd like to see in the beauty and style realm? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's wild that the cosmetic laws have not been changed in 80 yeah. years with the advancement of cosmetics and personal care products with the amount of cosmetics and personal care products we use. I mean, some people have 20-step skincare routines. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's insane. There's just so much product. And as consumers, we think that we're protected. We think that if the product is on a shelf, it's been tested and it's safe for us. And that is not always the case. And the Environmental Working Group helps to bring awareness, helps to fight to pass legislation that can protect consumers when, you know, we're shopping and, 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 you know, holds these brands and these large companies and corporations accountable for the, for the, the ingredients that they're using and the products that we put on our skin, that we put on our children, that we clean our homes with, you know, I, it's, it's been really eye-opening to me that in 80 years, this legislation has not been changed. There's not been any amendments. There has not been any further research. There's not been any legislation. It's, it's really shocking and it kind of just speaks to the flaws in our system that I think that we're seeing and that the pandemic has kind of broken open in so many different ways. Um, and I love working with them. I love what they do. I love, you know, what they're fighting for. And um, I encourage everyone to, to follow them. And they have a really great website. It's like an, it's not a website. Well, they have a website, but it's an app mm -hmm. called Skin Deep that oh. I use in my life all the time. And so you can go on there and they have this huge database where they have, have more rigorous um, like testing standards versus like what we have now like in the FDA. So you can mm -hmm. test like your dish soap, you can test your laundry detergent, you can test your shampoo, you can test your baby's lotion, like whatever it is. And they can, they show you on a scale like the ingredients, how safe it is, the allergens, the potential reactants and stuff like that. Okay. So I, I think it's a really great tool for anyone that's looking to kind of see inside 
look into the things that they're using in their in their medicine cabinet. I feel like <clears throat> consumers are definitely getting more savvy and they're learning more things about like the ingredients that shouldn't be in yeah. the household items that they're using. So Skin Deep is a really great resource yeah. for that. It's time for Scent Connection, Glam Occasions Edition. Marianne brings up an occasion and Steph shares the scent she would wear to complete her look. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay. okay. <laughs> Love rapid fire. Every time I do like a podcast or an interview when they do rapid fire, I get so jacked because it's like trivia and I love trivia. Yes. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so let's talk about what would you wear to the punk theme Met Gala? Oh, punk theme Met Gala, I would wear um, Angel or Alien by Mugler. Yes. Angel is such a recognizable set. So good. The, my friend Danny Michelle always wears Mugler and it's just so specific to her. Like, She's worn it for probably 15 years, maybe longer, if it's been out that long since I've known her, which has been at least 10. And I love it, but I could never wear it because it's her scent. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm taking this from you. What about to the American fashion-themed Met Gala? Oh, okay. Ah, uh, CK1. Oh, of course. A yeah. classic. Yeah. What would you wear to the premiere of a much-anticipated blah, blah, blah? Cut me. What would you wear to the premiere of a much anticipated movie where there was drama behind the scenes? Ooh, drama behind the scenes. Mmm. Okay. And you're the protagonist. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I would probably wear. Oh my god. Drama behind the scenes. I would probably wear. Honestly, I'd probably wear my scent. Yes. It's kind of dark. It's a little like sexy, like. Kind of mysterious. I kind of, I, I would wear Suganami by Sniff. Oh, I love that. And it's yeah. kind of like, bitch, don't come for me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What would you wear sitting courtside at a Lakers game? Oh, okay. I would wear, I would wear a J'adore by Dior. Yeah. Classic. Mm -hmm. Yes. What would you wear to a 90s inspired red carpet event where you're paying homage to your favorite movie? Oh, my God. Um, Ooh, I would probably wear – I don't want to say CK1 again because that feels very 90s. Um, I would wear Juniper Breeze. Yes. <laughs> Justice for Juniper Breeze. Justice for Juniper Breeze. <laughs> You're hosting an episode of Saturday Night Live. What's the mood? Oh, my God. Okay, I would wear Michael Kors. Yes. The, you know, like the, the one, like the scent, like the – The gold uh, one? Yeah, like the standard one and like the – rectangular little yeah. square thing that you click yeah i, would I can see it in my head yeah <laughs> what would you wear to a secret warehouse party in brooklyn oh my god <laughs> very specific uh i would wear carnal flower by frederick malt yes love that and what would you wear to a chic yet casual beachside dinner in malibu Oh, oh, okay. I would wear. Mm, I want to wear something like coconutty. I want to wear something light. It's like coconutty. Like, what's like a. What is it again? Say it again. It's a chic yet casual beachside dinner in Malibu. So maybe coastal grandma realness. Yeah. A little okay. bit of Malibu barbing. <laughs> I'm trying to think like what's in my. Oh, obviously. Uh, Coco Chanel. Perfect. 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 Easy. Killed it. 
So knowing everything you know now and Mm -hmm. experiencing everything that you have in your illustrious career, what advice would you give to those wanting to embark on a similar career path? Oh, God. Loaded question. (laughs) Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I would say the obvious, don't compare yourself. Don't compare your timeline. Mm -hmm. That, for me, has been an ongoing theme in my life. Don't compare the timeline of the way things are happening for other people to be expected to happen for you because everything happens in its own time. And it's so fucking annoying to hear that. I know. (laughs) I hate even saying it out loud. But it's so true. And I think I would say something that I've learned kind of at this point in my journey, hopefully I'll have better advice maybe in 10 years, but... (laughs) At this point, I would say, um, I would say to to not conform. I think when we see so many trendy things or people doing something a certain way or wanting to be or look like someone else, I've definitely fallen into that and I've lost myself and I've lost what's important to me. And, you know, it takes it takes a lot of work to get back to who you are. And I think if you can just really, really hold true to the differences and the quirks and the things that make you interesting, that in the long run, like you'll be, you'll be glad that you did. Absolutely. You have to trust the universe has your back and trust the, you know, trust yourself as well. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Easier said than done, but try. It is. But that goes back to what you were saying about just like taking a moment with yourself and reflecting on, just everything you want to reflect on. Is this where you want to be? Is this who yeah. you are? Are you doing this because everybody else is or what speaks to you personally? Right. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank Jeff. you for this having was such me. a fun conversation. That was fun. That was really fun. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. Um, thank you so much for having me. This was, this was awesome. And you want to buy Sniff? Suganami at Sniff. It's still available. So <laughs> try it out and let me know what you think. That was Marianne Machaskew and Stephanie Shepard from Los Angeles, California. Up next on Scent World, dare to explore taboos with former Ralph Lauren model and founder of his eponymous brand, Chris Collins. You've been listening to Scent World. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava, mixed by Alex Roses, production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>